Greetings, travelers, and welcome to this episode of Recruit a Friend, the show where we sit down with the people behind the keyboard. This week, we'll be talking to a World First Raider, MDI champion, and one of the biggest brains in the game today. Let's give a warm Recruit a Friend welcome to Miri's. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you very much for inviting me, and uh, I'm excited to talk about a lot of cool things and wow in general. Yeah, cool. We're, uh, I was uh, really excited that uh, that you were able to, to come on the show because I so I am self admittedly a bit of a fanboy of Echo, um, both the MDI team and the Raid team. So to have you on the show, in my mind, you're like one of the biggest like behind the scenes. It's like Scribe Rice and you. Like you guys are in, in my head. That's how I have it. Maybe that's not the case. We'll touch on that. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's like it's like having one of one of the guys who's in the room on the show. So it's very exciting for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> o- o- always nice. I mean, it's always nice. And uh, I know we reach a lot of people with Echo and in general, like the race world first has been really big or has become even bigger, let's say. So and there's always a lot of people out there. I also hear a lot of stories from like people are like, ah, yeah, we talk about it at work that race word first they heard about it from friends and i'm like oh that's crazy yeah like i did not in or no one i guess in the race word first expected it to reach those those sizes let's say i guess yeah we all just gave us uh, like pressing the keyboard i guess yeah (laughs) yeah you guys are like a bit of a global phenomenon like it's it's and it's only getting bigger like elgato is really pushing stuff now so you're getting even that broader reach outside of warcraft it's it's really something to see the way it's taken off i'm really enjoying it it's a great ride oh for sure yeah. So, so let's find out about you, Marys. Let's find out about World of Warcraft. So this is a franchise that's been around for a very long time. How did you get yeah. your beginnings with the franchise? Oh, yeah. I'm actually a very nice story, let's say, I guess. And the, that story starts with my dad. Because, I mean, uh, I'm like 24 years old now. Um, so still technically very young, let's say, I guess, in terms of the race for first, because I've been doing it already since I was 17 now. And uh, I actually started playing the game or in quotation, started playing the game in Classic with my dad when I was like sitting on his lap and he made an account for me and I had a character and I was like getting carried through Molten Core with my dad's old raiding guild in the like in Classic basically. So uh, technically I started playing in in Classic and had an account since then and also like on and off was sitting next to my dad and watching him play. But uh, actually actively playing the game, uh, I really started playing in MOP, like End of Cataclysm, uh, beginning of uh, MOP. I started playing myself because I was like 12 years old, so I could actually probably play the game, let's say, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So your first your first raid clear was Molten Core. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically, I, I, I can't remember playing a lot myself, but there's a, like a picture somewhere on like a printed out or like an old disc. I don't even know how they call it anymore. Yeah. Not not the CD, the one version before, basically. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the three and, and a half inch floppies or... Uh, yes, yeah. exa- exactly. Where I sit on my dad's lap and the vowels in the background, yeah? Oh, so, that's great. That, that's how I started. And fun fact, my dad is still playing uh, to the, to this day. He's uh, like rating in classic sometimes and playing a little bit of retail. So he's like, you know, as a hobby in on evenings he wants to, basically, yeah? What, so. what does your dad think of you? Because you basically turned Warcraft into your career. So what does your dad think of you taking the game that he introduced you to as a little kid and turning it into into what you have? Oh, I mean, in, in both in general, my parents in, were really supportive towards this project, let's say, I guess, because I mean, I was in school, I played at the site and I managed my like the, the best normal school degree you can um, get in Germany. So it was all good. I didn't like drop 
the school or something for playing WoW, but I did play a lot. And the grades were maybe not the greatest. Like, I could not become a doctor anymore, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think in general, I managed pretty good. And my parents were very supportive. And I told them when I finished school, I was like, yeah, I have the opportunity to go to Method, basically, at that time. Like, I was playing in Fetch, I guess, and we were, like, World 5th, I think, at that time. Uh, and then we, I finished school and I was like, let's see and try if I can maybe make a little bit of money um, with playing World of Warcraft, basically. And then I applied to Method, got, got accepted, basically, by Scribe. And uh, then we also started in the next year, since when I played there, we started the race world first. Yeah, with live streaming, like the very beginning in, in Uldua. Uh, no, not Uldua, how's it called? Uldia, Uldia sorry. Uldia, yeah. Uh, in, in, in Uldia, so like I was there since the, when we started streaming, basically. And then we, it got interesting, let's say, like, obviously we're not making a lot of money and I can say, I mean, it's not a secret. You cannot really live like uh, the luxurious life or like uh, you, you can live of it, let's say, playing an echo barely, but it's not a insane thing. It's more a passion project for all the people playing here and everyone is enjoying it. And we're just making cool events and we're, we're trying to earn some money uh, out of it, basically. Yeah? So, right. Very cool. Very cool. My, um, yeah, my is, parents were very supportive towards that. That, that that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's great. No, I'm glad you're. I'm glad it, it's it's so good. We so we've had a couple other guests who like their families introduced them to it, um, and I love hearing that 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 your dad introduced you to it. That he he brought you to your first raid. That he still plays, and that they were so supportive. Um, I bet I wonder like do they brag to their friends like when the world first is happening? Because he <laughs> like if, if if it was me right if it was if it was my 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 son or daughter I would be like oh look yeah no that's them they're winning winning another another world first title no big deal. <laughs> I mean my, my my dad talks not that much about the race preferred but more about the MDI yeah he's he's like oh um, like when I was in America or Sydney and then the people ask him and. I, like, you know, he's like proud saying it. He's like, oh, yeah, my, 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 my son is making it, let's say, I guess, yeah, out of like random hobby gaming, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> Very cool. <yeah. laughs> Very cool. Um, okay, so Mr. Pandaria was when you when you started like really playing. Uh, what class did you play on? Because you we can't, na- we can't nail you down to one specific class or role. You just excel at all of them. But what did you start on? I, I mean, I did start as Hunter. That has been my my main class since, like, also in classic. Basically, I always played hunter, and uh, because my dad always played hunter, this kind of came from him, of course. Uh, nice. Because I didn't really, I wasn't really capable of picking a class when I was like six or seven. So I was like, I just go with the same. Or my dad went with it, and no, I was I was a hunter main basically since um, the end of Crucible of the Storm, the raid here, uh, because that's when I swapped to tank. But before that, I was always a hunter main. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Which do you prefer, DPS or tanking? Oh, ah, the, the, very hard question. I mean, I do play both things, basically. I play DPS and MDI, and I play tank and rating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think at the moment, I do prefer DP, uh, tanking more than DPSing, for oh. sure. Uh, like, I've really grown into the role. I mean, that also has to do with all the other things I do in the guild, right? Like, I, I'm doing a lot of like things on the side that I wouldn't want to do if I would be DPSing, let's say, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but it's also, I don't know, it's nice, yeah? Tanks are very unnoticed a lot of times, and you can do, like, some nice things to make the raid feel nicer, let's say, I guess, yeah, about the boss fight. And uh, I don't know, it has a lot of, like, benefits when it comes to, like, a tactical po- point of view, I guess, gameplay-wise, yeah? But DPSing in the MDI in a five-man team is definitely the, be- the better choice, yeah? So I picked the, the two good parts, let's say. <laughs> You get the best of both worlds. <laughs> uh, basically, yeah. Nice. Uh, if 
hopefully it never happens, but if there was a situation when you needed a tank to fill your MDI team spot, please never let this happen. But if it happened, would you, <laughs> would you swap over to tanking for the MDI or would you guys just find a different tank? Oh, I, I actually don't know, um, but I will probably tank at the beginning. I did actually tank in the past uh, time trials already for for the for the Echo team because Robin was playing New World and was on vacation, I think, in one of the MDI time trials, like qualifiers, basically. Uh, and then I ended up playing tank, and I tanked the time trials, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So you would, I, you Of course, I would tank. not let the team down. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... You're both so good at the game, so it's it really <laughs> like uh, like that Indiana Jones scene where they just swap the the idol for the for the. Oh, <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Um, all right, let's talk about your guild history, though. You mentioned it a little bit. Um, let's talk about how um how you got to World Fifth, or and then from there into Method, and then into into Echo. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, basically, how to start this, I. I mean, I did start raiding in, like I mentioned, in MOP, I was like just joining some random packs here and there. So not really like committing to a guild or whatnot, because I was very busy with school and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But then um, afterwards, like after MOP, I joined like a world uh, 5,000 or 10,000, I'm not sure anymore, like a guild of a friend of my dad who was also playing WoW. Yeah? Like my dad was not playing anymore at that point, And like he just like had a pause or whatever. And I just joined that guild, was playing with them for a little bit. And then I was like, yeah, I want to play more, let's say, because they were obviously like just normal, like a normal guild rating, like one or two days per week. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try a little bit more. And then I joined like a World 600 guild. I can't remember the name. Um, after that guild, then kind of went downhill a little bit. <laughs> um, I joined a, a Abstinencia, the, the German guild. They're mm -hmm. still active. Um, and we were like world, around World 50 at that time when I, when I joined them. And uh, then they... Oh, wait, sorry, they're not around anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, like, they just they kind of disbanded. Like recently, didn't they? No, no, no. They, they disbanded, like, with me also. Like, I basically was there for the disband. It was in um, Tomb of Sargeras. They disbanded. Uh, and after that, I, well, basically during the disband, I applied to Fetch, I guess. Uh, they, they were at that time, like, World 5th or 6th. I'm not exactly sure. Mm -hmm. And then I joined Fetch, I guess. I played with Fetch, I guess, for one whole tier, the Argos tier. And then after Argos, uh, because of a lot of like watching and connections, let's say, and just playing with a lot of like method people in general, I applied to method and I got accepted there. And then I ended up in, in method. I mean, they were, were first at that time, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And since then, I was basically sitting in that boat. Yeah. I mean, as a lot of people know, we had the, the tragic experience in, in method with the. I don't want to bring up the, the whole topic, but I mean, yeah, it, it happened. And then we basically all uh, left and we built Echo together. And that's been a big uh, project, let's say, I guess, um, for, for everyone involved, because it is uh, very, very hard, let's say, I guess. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that it's kind of working out a little bit, but it's uh, not, not the easiest project, I guess. Yeah, Kind of working um, out. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but it, it, it is not that easy. Like, let's say, for example, like Roger and Scribe are handling most of the business uh, in a way like it's. It's like the officer team, in a way, working on the whole project, right, of Echo working out. And uh, Roger Scribe, as, as like the CEOs, are working on their business and doing all the things. And because of that, they had way way too less, uh, little time to manage the guild and whatnot. And they just kind of gave all of that to me. And I'm like kind of the new, like how, how the people in our guild say, I'm the guild caretaker. 
uh-huh. and like I'm I'm basically like the what people would call I guess guild master in a way more or less. Uh, because I organize everything, like I'm raid leading the splits, I'm organizing all the splits, I'm organizing all the characters. If someone has questions, like they can come to me and whatnot. So it's like the the thing. And Roger and Scrap kind of took themselves out a little bit more of the game and they're just uh, handling the business. Yeah. But it was not the case in the past where obviously uh, it got handled by other people. Yeah. So. Oh, very good. It has cool. been quite a challenge. Yeah. It, it has been quite a challenge to, to run Echo or like, like I'm not running Echo, but like in general, the process of. Uh, Bringing it all up, I guess. Let's say, yeah. What? Uh, uh, and I don't. I don't want to to touch on the why method disbanded, but I do. I do want to touch on um, the echo. Like, what? Who? Who was the first person to say, "Look, we know this. We we can't just go away. We can't just disperse. We should build something here with the, with the people that that we want on the team." Who Who came up with that idea? The nugget of echo. The idea. Oh, I mean, um, it was basically, um, I mean, it was the officer team from from Method that obviously said we might want to rebuild something, let's say, mm-hmm. I guess. But they, it was also a big, like, overall thing of the, the guild, let's say, right? Because we, we had a lot of things that I cannot talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but ba- basically, we were like, yeah, do we want to continue playing or not? Yeah. And basically, everyone, apart from, I think, one or two people at that time, said, yeah, of course, we want to continue playing together. And then we were looking at all the options. Yeah, we were looking at other esports teams. We were looking, maybe we do our own thing that we did now, basically, right, with Echo. And we were looking at a lot of different options and just how how, how we could move forward. And it was like an overall decision that we were like, okay, we're doing this, yeah. And then that happened, yeah. Cool. Um, was there, did you guys ever talk about, like, I guess you just mentioned, like, joining another team and, like, just bolstering their roster or, like, amalgamating um with it like i don't know i'm trying to think of a team that that wouldn't already have been in a position to be to need that to need as many as you would have brought so probably not then i guess no nah, not not really. i think it would have been more finding another esports organization to uh, co- collab with let's say right, right. and just be there ra- like while rating team in a way right. uh, but instead we we made our own esports org i guess yeah cool um i love it and now so anybody who wants to get into echo you're the guy right we have to send our Send our the uh, application uh, payment to, to me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I also take bribes. The chance of uh, like the, the bribe does not increase the chance, but I take the gold. Yeah, so <laughs> <That's great. laughs> we accept the bribes. It doesn't mean anything's going to happen, but we will take. Some. <laughs> I, I, I take the gold. Yeah, I, mean. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've been playing at a very high level for a, a long time. Um, how like did you always know? I obviously, you know, in uh, as you're taking on Ragnaros, maybe not, but from Mr. Pandaria onward, did you know always like I want to, I a I'm very good at this game, and B I want to be at the top. I want to play at the top level. Has that always been a drive you've had? Oh no, actually not really. Uh, I mean, I did play like in the in the normal like casual gets when I started playing. I obviously had the the feeling that I would to play or would like to play more, right? That's why I pursued more, let's say. Mm-hmm. But uh, it kind of started. Uh, when I joined Fetch, I guess, or also like the Abstinenza um, back then, the, the German game, where it was just like a little bit, if you have more competition and other players who are also good and you're improving yourself and stuff, then like this drive kind of comes up in a way, I guess I would say. Yeah, we're like, okay, like I can actually play really good. And then maybe you see, oh, maybe I play actually a little bit better than other people, right? I mean, there's always your, like, your own opinion. Yeah, a lot of people. Like this doesn't doesn't always work out, I guess. Let's say. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more like I I play better than other people. I'm like okay, maybe I try to go for more, right? And that's always good. Yeah, you should always strive for for more. I think in general, yeah. 
So, um, and that's how it kind of evolved. And then I joined Fat Track, yes. And then it was just a, a very like fluid thing, I would say, because like I said, when I was playing in Fat Track, yes, we played a lot with like method people and we're playing keys with them and talking with them in Teamspeak every day. It was not like that I was like a stranger coming in, in a way, I guess. That's also like a thing, I guess, how to get into top guilds more or less. Uh, or in general in Echo, like having vouchers and people that know you helps a lot, yeah. Because if you know uh, that guy, he's like nice for the team, everyone will vibe with him. He's like a good gamer. This is how like things kind of go in a way, yeah. It's not like the typical thing where you write the application, I see that you can do damage and we're like, okay, that's great, we get you, yeah. Uh, it's okay. a, it's like an overall package nowadays, I would say. <clears throat> right. Excuse me. Yeah, so it's not it's not just can they you know can they can they parse and not die it's does the personality fit does their does you know does the way they interact with the community the way they are is th that all matters yeah n nowadays like in the past it was obviously a little bit easier i would say because they had matters more because the race for first was not a thing but now like you said yeah like you need to have you might might, might not be like obviously there's not always a criteria but ha having someone that like streams is open to the to to the public or has like it's, it's easy to talk to and stuff that just makes it easier for everyone involved let's say to have like an overall nice experience of course we also like and, and no uh, how do you say it? just want to point out yeah if you're just a god gamer we also take you yeah <laughs> but i'm saying it has like a yeah. it, it has an overall like a bigger thing because this is not only just playing the game anymore for us it's like also social media right it's like a, a lot of things these events and there's a lot more to it than only i guess uh playing because it is also a job right Right. So. We, we, uh, one of our, one of our officers, she's our recruiting officer. She uh, wanted me to ask, is there a requirement for all echo players to also look like models? <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Why did that come up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was, uh, we were watching, we both watched the race the world first a lot and she's in the UK. So she's, uh, she's always been a, a fan. Um, and she, that was one of the things she talked about. She was just like, they're all so pretty. I just love watching them. <laughs> I mean, thank you very much for the compliment. Yeah. No, but it is not a requirement. <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, that's great. So, uh, you, you join method, you win your first world first title. What does that feel like? Oh, I know it was really good. I must say. Uh, I was very nervous, like the the whole like the whole race to first or whatever, because I was also swapping between troop. Like I was playing hunter and druid, so I had the pressure of playing druid as well. And I I was very scared, let's say I guess, because mm -hmm. obviously I didn't know the like the overall like I I played with a lot of people, let's say I played like with ten out of thirty people, but of course there are twenty new people and you're a little bit spooked in the beginning. And this was the first race to first. This was the first time streaming, and then we saw the numbers, and there were like there were like hundred thousand people watching, and you're like. A little bit shaking, even though you're not streaming yourself, but you're like, okay, this is my trial rate, yeah. But a hundred thousand people are also watching, yeah. Oh my god. Or like, not not trial rate, but like trial race, let's say, I guess, yeah. Right. So um, it it was very intense, I guess, but it was very nice because the finish of uh, the race world first was actually when we killed Goon world first on the nineteenth of September, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that is also my birthday, so it was we killed Goon on my eighteenth birthday, yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, so it was a good finish. I didn't really celebrate the birthday because obviously I was kind of bunkered up in my in my room for three weeks to play the game. Um, yeah. But it was very nice. Yeah, it was a it was something very unique. I would say, like in general, like the race to first is something that is very hard to describe. I think because 
Like it's a different experience, yeah. With like playing sixteen to eighteen hours per day. This this race even we had like two twenty hour days for this pretty insane, yeah. I would not recommend at home by the way, if someone wants to game healthy, yeah. yeah. Need to watch out. Um but in general, like it is a really crazy experience, I guess. Yeah. And now also with the live events, um I mean it's it's a it's a how do you say it's a unique thing every time we do a race, yeah. It's always another experience and it's always fun. Right. That's very cool. And and so what let's what feels what feels better winning world first race or winning an mdi competition oh or is it like apples i think oranges? i think it's a, it's 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 way different for sure but it is um, i think the mdi feels more um like it's more intense mm -hmm. because it is more of a short thing right because you play the dungeons and you're like under like high pressure and it's like a speed competition let's say and you just play three dungeons and you win let's say in the finals or you play like five dungeons or whatever and then the release of it is way bigger than race world first but the the happiness i, I think is kind of the same yeah for me like winning the race world first is such a big thing because uh, like a lot of people maybe not know but like the preparation for race world first already begins after race world first ends so for a good example is this one ended and I was already talking to Roger about some topics we want to improve on the day after, yeah, like oh, on wow. Christmas. We were basically like thinking about things and then we flew home and the week after we had a meeting and we just noted down like a list of 20 topics. We were like, okay, these things we cannot forget. They did not go too well. We want to improve on these, right? And since then we have been working on them and just looking forward to like the whole thing. And this whole process is obviously like, it's very rewarding if it pays off, I would say, yeah. And the MDI is more of a, it's also very rewarding, but it's more of a speed thing, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's like the three-week sprint and then you're done, where the race world first is like my, my whole life, basically, I guess. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you I, Castle Nathria, so Castle Nathria was Echo's first tier as a team, and you guys came in second place. Um, yeah. But you had just formed. Did Even though you came in second, did you guys feel like that that, that you had accomplished a lot in that tier? Uh, I mean, of, of course, like, um, how do you say, everyone was kind of sad right. uh, be because we did lose. Uh, th that's actually one thing that is uh, very, very special as well, is that everyone, like, even if you lose, right, it's not like that you obviously lose, but it's not like you lose and then everyone is fully depressed, yeah? Everyone loses, it's like, okay, and then people come, we need to change this, we want to improve this, right? Even if we win, the same thing happens, yeah? Raiders come to us and, like, these things they would like to be improved for the next year right this is not like a thing where people are like oh no we lost it's over forever yeah it's like we look forward into the future every time right mm -hmm. and in Casanova, i think we were really happy what we achieved because right we, we just formed right but uh and we had so much different things to do like i said with the esports org with organizing things it was absolutely catastrophic it was a new expansion it was crazy yeah and with what we got like with more prep in hindsight we said like we could have definitely won if we would do the prep that we do now right but the yeah. same would probably go for liquid as well so this is kind of like a whatever thing in my opinion um but in general i think we we did we were really really happy that we actually like managed to rebuild get new people form an esports org kind of managed to have a stream we didn't manage to have an event right it was at home um but yeah, this overall thing, we, we we were really happy with the overall situation. And since then, we have only been improving, right? So Yeah, you guys have, yeah. I mean, it's been a, a rocket straight to the moon since then for you guys. It's every, the Sylvanas kill, I, I every time anybody says, hey, what's the, 
you know, you, you, I play a lot of Warcraft. I talk about Warcraft a lot. They're like, oh, what's the moment that you remember as being like the most exciting in the game? And up until your Sylvanas kill, I would have said, oh, the Wrathgate cinematic from Wrath of the Lich King. It's the the highlight of the game for me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> after after the Stanktum of Domination and seeing you guys go and to to quote Robin, cook up some damage for that last phase to oh, yes. that last percent in on that fight. <laughs> Like that was to me. See, like at that point, I was convinced you were all just cyborgs. Like everyone on that team is just a robot. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, it, it was an incredible tier. I must say, like the, um, the, the these tiers that are lasting only one week, and there is a way to kill the boss in the first week. It is uh, It's very, very incredible. Let's say, I guess how how much special like improvements go in. For, I mean, everyone saw it, right? We were at 50% Sylvanas Enrage, yeah? Yeah. And no one was like, oh, they're going to get 5% more damage without any gear improvements, yeah? And then we did, we did it, yeah? Um, so... Yeah, we, there was it, no it way. It was amazing, yeah? Everyone, like, <laughs> the, the entire planet was convinced it can't be done. <laughs> and you guys were like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cooked some really good stuff on that bus, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was really funny because we also had this one strat that uh, we, like, off-tanked the ads and the intermission with Robin alone and we're, like, squeezing more boss damage and then Blizzard fixed it, like, an hour later and we're, like, or, like, two pulls later and we're, like, oh, my God, yeah? Yeah, and that was like one of the <laughs> Yes, and that was, that was actually really funny because I had an interview with a Blizzard uh, Death and Morgue Day, um, like a few days ago, and you also mentioned that this particular example on Sylvanas was very unique to them. Yeah, that we do this, and they're like, "Oh no, yeah, we need, <laughs> we need to fix this." Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I, I mean, there are very unique things that uh, we come up with as well a lot of times. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, let's talk about the strat development a little bit. So you obviously now are very heavily involved in the strats for both MDI and Race to World First. Um, when did you start getting involved in in the strat development, um, and and what does that process look like? Um, I got heavily involved to like basically with building Echo. Um, I got more involved because in method I was just a normal raider. Let's say I mean I was obviously like helping out a little bit here and there. I mean like everyone I would say in the team, nothing like too special. But with Echo, I wanted to take like the next step and wanted to be like, you know, I can help Roger and Scribe with the maybe business or the guild or just in general, you know, just like some, yeah, I guess in quotations, like officer duties uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've been like really, really involved, I guess, in the strats since uh, since then. And how it kind of looks like, of course, we are like a team of um, set, uh, six officers, I think, six mm-hmm. or seven. I, uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. And basically how it goes is that we are having a discussion about every or a pre-discussion when like, for example, the new raid comes out, we're looking at the bosses and we're like, okay, um, what, what are we going to do? What is the initial idea of this boss? We talk about the mechanics together. We're like trying to solve the mechanic on paper, how it might be intended from Blizzard, like how they think it should be played, I guess, in a way. Then we draw some pictures uh, for the raiders, like the, the guild in overall. And then we have meetings with the guild. Um, and be like, yo, this is the idea, I guess. We want to do this and this, try it. And then we play the boss. And then we revisit the whole process uh, again. And we're like, oh, okay, the boss actually looked like this. Then we update everything. We make a new strat. Then we test the boss again in Mystic, let's say. We play the strat we thought about in from before. And then maybe it doesn't work out again. And then we revisit it again. And so we basically talk about the bosses for like months, uh, let's say. Um, and then we come at one point to the conclusion that everyone is kind of happy. Some people maybe have good ideas or input on a certain boss strat. 
maybe someone else has no real input, let's say, but uh, it's like a combination of everything. I have input for the tanking, um, Ryzen has input for healing, and like Servo uh, should have input for like the, the DPS classes, let's say, and the other officers just have the general input, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like tactic-wise, and we like kind of work together on the solution in a way to, to beat the boss. And then we try to present it to the guild as uh, as understandable as possible. Not always that easy, I must say, uh, because if you sit on a project uh, for 50 hours and I look at the boss and I can tell you the the radius of the abilities and the damage numbers of abilities uh, by heart and they just see the stretch for the first time, maybe you don't explain it that well. Yeah, that's like sadly a thing that happens, but uh no, no we were improving on that i guess as well yeah yeah that's a good point i never thought of that it's you've dumped you've dumped like you said 50 hours 50 plus hours into preparation for a boss then you're like okay here's what we're gonna do and as you're explaining it where they don't have all those levels of nuance and everything memorized already yeah you really need to like explain it for a, a fresh audience that that's that's hard to do when you're an expert trying to explain something to somebody who who is new to the topic Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, thankfully our raiders are all experts as well at the game. It's not like, True, but yeah. um, like we also tell everyone, you'll read the bosses, look up the things. Like it's just baseline information, I guess, and then we can build up on that. Um, no, but that's always a, like that's kind of how the strat development goes. Of course, going in depth here would take like a long time, and I also can't say anything, I guess, <laughs> or oh, like not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I think it's more like an overall thing. Also, like people like chip in every time if we have a talk let's say about a boss it's not like that this is a um how do you say like if you go to uni and you need to listen to the professor yeah right like we talk about the tactic and then like two other guys say yo my class can like maybe do this and that i can like immune this mechanic and then we're like oh that's interesting and then we change things on the fly right and we just because obviously we're not uh, all all known creatures yeah so it's always a guilt effort let's say to to get to the end product but the base and the ideas in general, like the officer team of uh, Echo is creating. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so I have to ask this question. Uh, everybody makes this. The, so the race to world first, there's always two arguments of, oh, NA gets a head start. Oh, EU gets to copy NA strats. I, I, so I need to know, like, are you watching Liquid's polls? Are you watching BDGG's polls? And, and if you are, like, is there iteration on your strats? I, I, face grab comes to mind where they had this elaborate plan for face grab and you guys were like, oh, let's just go left. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how much, no, how I, much, yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I mean, of course, I mean, of course we're watching. It would be a, a waste to not watch, I guess, let's say, because of course it is free free knowledge and knowledge is power in uh, in the race world first, for sure, especially when it comes to boss strats. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in general, a, a lot of times the strategies that, let's say liquid is using uh, are also the strategies that uh, we we would use uh, a good example was this tier um that tier, like the the storm boss yep. like the strategy on how to put in the the marks and to replicate the first marks and basically uh, resurrect the five guys uh, we already had the strat two months before we actually played on retail because they didn't uh, rework the boss from when we tested it in mythic and we already made the strat. We made exactly the same thing that we played on retail. It was on paper two months before. Yeah, uh, and of course, then we see liquid on it, and we're like, okay, we basically confirm that this is the strat we wanna play, and then we move on, right? Uh, and maybe for other bosses, like a good example is Taros, where we're like, okay, we had a very elaborate plan with like a Vigara and positioning the pillars in, like, 
the the more more pillar the majority of pillars to the right side the the minority on the left and we break break right first for the rate uh, for healing cooldowns and then left for later and whatnot but then we saw liquid yo let's break all at once yeah and it'd be like okay i guess we do the same right okay. and then we just change it but uh, th those are like the things we always have a plan for every single boss and they do as well i mean you can clearly see that a lot of times they also go in they do their own plan and they see like way too complex plan let's make it easy and then we're like oh, oh holy moly we also have a crazy plan <laughs> uh, let, let's not do it like this hard right for example Zenaf, we had like some some crazy things here like some initial positionings on the top platform because it will be too hard and like how, how to jump off properly come back on the platform to save room who's soaking what immunities it was like a, a whole big project yeah and what it all came down to that is that people didn't get dragged off or didn't die to the overlaps yeah, <laughs> yeah and then we obviously like, like all the all the work that went into the boss was like yeah, whatever, I guess, yeah, but, um, so those, those are the things, yeah, we do a lot of work that is used, I mean, of course not useless, but uh, not used, I guess, mm. um, and of course, for example, they, they can do the same, especially when we catch up later down the line, right, on our last boss or whatnot, we get ahead, they see something, they might take a piece of it, they, they are ahead, we see it, we take a piece of it, and that's how it normally goes, yeah, like the back and forth of, like, taking small bits and pieces here and there, um, isn't rating kind of the same as an MDI uh, because an MDI is the same we have our strategy and we look in the weekend we see a team oh this is kind of cool they do one pull different and we're like oh I guess we do the pull like we do the pull as well and then our strategy is just a little bit better as well because we just improved one pull and the other things were already better let's say or the same I guess so always looking at the competition learning from them and adapting as fast as possible is like the, the key to a lot of things yeah do you in the MD, this question just came to me in the MDI. So you mentioned, I think, I think it's where you, where you mentioned that, you know, you're already doing it one pull the same or better. Do you think that there is advantage for your team in the, the pressure that the other teams feel knowing they're playing echo? I imagine it's like getting in the ring with Mike Tyson. You're like, I might be able to knock him out, but he's Mike effing <laughs> Tyson. Like, do you, <laughs> do you think? Yeah, that I mean, definitely for sure. I, I I don't know. I obviously I cannot guarantee. Like I've not asked people this question. Yeah, I've only heard that obviously people were like uh, when you talk to the guild people or whatnot that the, the nerves of the teams are definitely higher when they play against us. Uh, if they play against like a random team, it's not that big. But if they play against us, it's very high. Right. And this also obviously puts a little bit of pressure on us. I must say, yeah, everyone is always yeah. like, oh man, Echo, yeah, they're like doing this and that, yeah, and when there's normal like. Sometimes we just run the same thread as the other team, by the way. Yeah, it's nothing like we're not like some. We cannot like randomly do play the dungeon different than other people. Yeah, so and then everyone is like praising it high and say, "Oh my God, man, this strat is so crazy!" And like it's the same strat as the other team like played as well. Yeah, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's funny. You do so it's that. like put, it's like putting pressures on both ends. Yeah, it's like we have some more pressure, but we're also very used to it. I guess let's say right because we have right. been playing for a long time now. But the, the the opposing team, of course, uh, I, I did hear that other teams were always like, oh my God, yeah, maybe an interrupt missed, maybe someone forgot the strat, was a little bit more shaky. I mean, uh, when they play against us, yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, that For can sure. work both ways too. Some people perform better when they feel that kind of pressure. So there, it, it could work both ways. Like it could a team could feel like, okay, you know what? Instead of feeling that dread of, I can't, we can't make any mistakes, we have to be perfect. They could be like, okay, you know what? We need to play our best because we're going up against these guys. So that could go both. Yeah, ways. or people. Yeah, or people are motivated. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times, like for example, 
Mike, Mike is really like he's really motivated. Yeah, always. I mean, yeah. he's always motivated, but <laughs> but uh, he's always like, oh, let's go. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> Sometimes he's too motivated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The brakes you know there. everything. Yeah, everything is going down the drain. Everyone knows it's a complete wipe in practice. Yeah, and Mike is like, hey, it's fine, guys. Just play. Yeah, two people alive, both on six percent. Yeah, and everyone's like, Mike, it's fine. You can also we can yeah. stop. Yeah, he's like that <laughs> uh, that dog in the in the house that's on fire. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything is fine. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's great. So, so you, you're you're the we'll we'll say interim GM of uh, of Echo, while the business is handled by the other guys. You're running MDI and winning it. You're developing strats for raids. You're also making weak auras. Uh, do you just look for things to dominate? Is that how this works? <laughs> no, 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 I actually the weak department. I I only make the the dungeon weak Um for the MDI and whatnot, um, but I don't make, oh, I mean, okay, it's not fully correct, but uh, I, like, we have a beautiful Vigora team behind the scenes and that is making Vigoras for, and during the race, basically, like, special coded Vigoras and, like, very complex projects, let's say, that I'm not capable of, I'm not a Lua uh, genius, I just know, like, some baseline things, I guess, okay. um, but I always do, like, the, the grunt work, let's say, I can maintain everything for dungeons, what is a lot of work and it's, like, a lot of custom things as well, um, but most of them are like private things uh, for the MDI team, let's say, I guess. So it's a little bit not not, not public work, I guess. Right. Um, but for raiding, I basically create the, like the general Vigor package, like all the divas, the cast bars, how it like generally like should look and how, how it is, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Vigor team of Echo that is like improving on it, maybe making it look nicer for the overall raid team and also creating any special request Vigoras that the the officer team or the tactic creation team might have. A good example in this case would be the Anduin Vigora, if people remember, with the, uh, how's it called, with the blasphemy marks, yeah? mm-hmm. where we had this map of dots where everyone spread out, basically, on their pre-assigned position, and the Vigora assigned you the best possible route to move with the blasphemy. Um, this was like a Vigora that was tested over one and a half months, I think, uh, over a lot of hours with a lot of people. Um, and that obviously comes from the Vigora team and not uh, not from me. Yeah, that's right. It. How do they like, test? They that? they do in work. Yeah, uh, I mean you test uh, they, they're, like in in Vigoras, you can just basically simulate as if you would get it. Let's say yeah, okay. and then uh, you you just have uh, like how we do it. You have the whole guild there, and then you, you just test yeah, and then like you basically simulate as if twenty people get the debuff, and then people move around on the ground without a debuff just to their positions, and you see how it works. I guess yeah. Does um, your Weekora team or is is the Weekora team made up of raiders? Sorry, this wasn't planned, but I'm a I I I literally just finished a software development course, so <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is actually no, no, it is not at all. Yeah, like uh, none of the none of the outside people for Weekoras or analysts, apart from one, is actually a player uh, in in like a like normal guild. Let's say yeah, most right. of the people. Are just making vigorous or are just uh, analysts basically are just very smart people um helping us yeah all right so i'm gonna have to my options are bone up on my my lua skills or get really good at the <laughs> game if i want to join echo and i, think I you mean know what yeah the answer is and then send we, we're, always, <laughs> we're, we're always looking for uh how's it called we're, we're always looking for bigger coders or like help us on the outside really smart people right it doesn't need to be anything like you don't need to be a god at the game, but obviously you should play the game. Let's say, right. um, but it's pretty. It is always uh, really nice to see uh, that we can find other people from outside. Like for example, our Vigor person as a cover, 
he was just doing a lot of Vigor work in the Vigor community, helping people in the Vigor Discord, making Vigor some Vago for everyone involved, like some 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 special Lua coded Vigor for BM Hunter to track the barb shot that looks cool or like some other things, yeah. And now he then we asked him, you would be interested in making Vigors for the race world first and just being like more involved and whatnot, yeah. And now he's a uh, part of the team, yeah. Very cool. And, and just making Vigors, yeah. Um, I love it. All right, that's you guys are Echo is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you right now you're in the raid. Obviously, Scribe is raid leading. He's twenty first man. Um, if if he retired. Is there a situation where you would take that position or would you always want to be in the game? Oh my God. If he retires, yeah. yeah. Again, we do not want, just like, <laughs> no, we, don't, we don't want Scribe to retire. <laughs> I mean, of course, it, it, like, uh, how do you say, if, if something like this would happen, of, of course, either Roger or me would probably uh, like go outside and do red leading and whatnot because... Um, we we obviously would not let like the team die just for our like personal interest. Let's say I guess. Right. But uh, I would definitely prefer to to either play the game, um, like like play the game how I'm doing now, like raid lead like some things let's say and scribe just the majority or whatnot in a way doing progress, um, or just completely stop playing the game and like basically work for Echo as a business or anything, like just go a completely different route, yeah? Right. Um, but I'd, like, obviously, if this would happen, we would step up and we would fix it, let's say, I guess, but it would not be like the desired thing let's, uh, for both, like, let's say, Roger and me, who would be in a position to do it, yeah? Okay, let's hope it doesn't happen. We do not want this to happen. <laughs> no, no, we, this is, this will not be ideal, let's say. No, exactly. Um, so what does the future hold for Miri's? Uh, World Firsts, MDI's, just what 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 are your plans for the future of Warcraft? Oh, I mean the future. I mean, of course, yeah. We're we're trying to win the MDI again. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're 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 on a good course, right? With the yeah. winning the first cup and now going into Globus in, as a like first seed. What does give a like a decent advantage, let's say, I guess, in terms of what teams you're facing. So I think it's always good to start off nice, and it also gives a confidence boost, I guess. And then, of course, like the race world first is like the thing that is the, um, like my my wish for the future that it gets uh, bigger in, in a way in terms of that maybe we can attract like more sponsors or we can just make it bigger overall for, for our capacities. Like maybe get everyone from the guild to the event. That would be, I think, something very cool for the future because right now we just don't have the, the capacity to properly host everyone uh, at a race world first event. Um, what well, is obviously very sad. We would try to, or we would love to have everyone there because that would be really cool, I think. Um, and just improving the general thing, I, I would say, is what the, the future would hold. Yeah, and then in maybe two, like two years, when the next expansion comes out, uh, maybe something new comes around. I'm not sure. Like I think the Riot MMO looks very interesting uh, when it ever comes out, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think in general the passion for WoW is still there. So improving WoW. It's the main goal for the future, but also definitely looking at other uh, options or not options, I guess, but other fields where MMO or esports could be a thing is something that I'm very interested in personally. There's nothing to do with echo, I guess. Um, I would be very interested in just like other things esports wise. Maybe, uh, like I mentioned earlier, if for example, wow, echo would die, I would be very interested in doing any like player management work or like uh, anything. In terms of in the esports branch, yeah, that has nothing to do with playing the game. Yeah. 
Right. Um, I, this might be a question that's better for Roger or Stripe. Um, is there plans for Echo to expand into other games? Oh, I am. Um, or you might not be able to answer. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I, we did speak about it uh, in, in the past, but I, I think right now it's just too, uh, too hard to expand into other games because, uh, yeah, we just don't have, a, like, we don't have the, the, the how do you say, uh, the, the capabilities staff. of ex- yeah the yeah. staff and the, the the easy way to expand we're already like working with the like very nice people and we would love to have more people let's say i guess but it's not always easy to uh like expand uh, in in a way i guess yeah we, i think yeah. we would love to but uh, right now like going into wow maybe wow pvp um that is like a thing that would be easier i think for us to approach of course for for the as first step i guess let's say um these are like the things I think to to look forward to. But uh, cool. if it if possible and Echo grows bigger, I'm pretty sure as I'm I'm not the businessman here, but I'm I'm pretty sure the opportunity or the the drive would be there. Yeah, not the businessman yet. <laughs> not not yet, man. Maybe maybe <laughs> we'll have to re re relabel this episode as uh, Miri's president of Echo Warcraft division. <laughs> no. In the future, <laughs> no, 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 no present. In in the future, yeah, <laughs> we will see. Um, cool. So this this show ends with a questionnaire of ten questions, uh, and I'm going to send those your way now. Question number one: What is your favorite word? Definitely shambles. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because it has been a saying all the time, uh, or lately in the end as well, everyone is just chambered left, right, and center. Or oh, I don't know, it's just a, it has been a, a staple word in uh, the, for for me like the last six or eight months, I think. Yeah, so it has been it has gotten a high high status, let's say, in my <laughs> in my vocabulary. It. I love it. <laughs> I like how words like you like every now and then you'll pick a word and like that word just just becomes a huge part of your vocabulary for like a long time. That's the language is great. <laughs> I mean, it, it is also obviously a thing from being together with 30 other people. And then one person can yeah. be the, the factor to start some meme or some sentence, some saying. And even if you're not saying it yourself at one point, if enough people say it all the time that you're around, yeah. you pick up on it and you don't even know and then they oh no <laughs> and then yeah. you end up saying it it has been a thing in the past that like someone brought that one thing up and he just repeat and he just was so he just said it all the time and it never ended and then at one point everyone gets started saying it <laughs> <laughs> i love it i uh so, I, I said to my partner one day i described something in the host as a banger and she was like you're 42 years old what are you saying <laughs> i'm like bangers <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Question number two. What is your least favorite word? Uh I don't really have a least favorite word, let's say, I guess, but I think main like when people say too often literally. Mm. I, I can't even pronounce it properly because I'm German. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't mean But uh, it, it, it's like sometimes I feel like something is weird. I don't know. Yeah, it has like a weird feeling to it. <laughs> Yeah. No, no flame to anyone saying the word. Yeah, but uh, so, sometimes it's overused. I think. Yeah, sometimes it's overused. <laughs> yeah, and not correctly. A lot of times people will say literally, and it's not, not actually literally. <laughs> it's not that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, hmm, I don't know. But I'm also not good at using it. Let's say, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, question number three: What sound or noise do you love? 
Hmm. I mean, I could be like, what sound and noise? I mean, the, the this this would be the gamer answer, but that would be that was the first thing that came to mind when I read the question. By the way, was the the ding sound of big wigs when we play a boss? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like that. when something has ding, uh, ding, <laughs> and then in time as well, it helps all the time. Uh, uh, it's not bad, but it's like a thing that uh, I don't know. I just like hearing it. Yeah, it's like it has become like a, a staple when playing dungeons or keys. Yeah, yeah it's a positive <laughs> sound for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, that's very hard. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, but the the, the sound or noise that I hate. It's a tough one. I, no, I, I think, I think it's the, it's the, it's the air horn sound from Vigoros. Oh my goodness, yeah. Another, <laughs> another gaming answer, I know, but I think it is the air horn sound because we do put air horns on some abilities, and I only put air horn if I really hate the mechanic and I need to pay attention. So, I, I think it's a good trigger. Yeah, I think everybody uses the air horn for that. It's like, oh, this is this thing has killed me seven times. I need to know this is happening. <laughs> yes. Yep. Good answer. Uh, question number five. What is your favorite dungeon? Oh, for sure, Ataldazan. Really? Um, yeah. I, I think in Ataldazan, it has multiple reasons. For one, because of the NDI, where we did the sub-10-minute run uh, in the past. Uh, and I think it was a it was a phenomenal dungeon design in terms of you can go anywhere. It had cool design. It was not too complicated. I think it was it was one of my I mean there are other dungeons as, as my old time favorites, but I think Atalazar was one of my old time favorites, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we see that make it back in this season sometime. Or yeah, season. season eight of Dragonflight uh, return the eighth, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh question number six, what is your least favorite dungeon? Um Oh I have some. Now I need to pick the the the, the worst here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Which one is the one that you guys are going to ban every time it comes out? <laughs> that, yeah, does, should it be a, a up-to-date dungeon or should it be a, a old dungeon? Uh, either way. An up-to-date dungeon. I'm good either way. Hmm. You can give me your least favorite of the current dungeons if you want, and then maybe one that you like from the pa- dislike from the past. Okay. I mean, the least favorite one of the current dungeons is definitely Nukut for mm. me. De- definitely not it. And uh, from the other dungeons... I think one of my 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 top non-fun dungeons was Temple of Cephalus oh, in DFA. Yeah, that dungeon was just not good in any way. It was just bad all around. <laughs> it was very linear. Yes. Yeah. It was linear stealth mobs, weird heals, knockbacks. Yeah. I, it was just bad. Yeah. I think I, I, that describes the dungeon pretty well. Yeah. Yep. That room with all of the snakes where you have to, like, get the orbs from the guys and kick them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, you put the eyes in, like, the eyes into the, the skull. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. To finish it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Disaster. It was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, excellent. Uh, question number seven. What is your favorite curse word? Ooh, my favorite curse word. Hmm. Actually, does it? I'm I'm not sure. I try to avoid cursing, I guess. Okay. But uh, my favorite curse word. 
I'm not sure. I will, I will come back to the question when I thought about it more. Okay. okay. I think uh, we, 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 we go to that last question. We put it at the bottom. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. If you don't curse a lot, it's a tough question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question number eight. What is your favorite raid? Uh, my favorite raid? Definitely Nighthold. Yeah. Is it I because think, the transmogs uh, are so good? <laughs> yeah. Like Nighthold was... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, Nighthold was probably one of the best raids. I think Nighthold and uh, Eternal Palace both were really good raids. But Nighthold in general has been, I think, the peak of my fun in raid in terms of like how the raid was, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, Nighthold is great. That's a good that's a good raid for sure. Um, question number nine: What is your least favorite raid? Um, my least favorite raid that has to do with a little bit of trauma. I must say, but it is Crucible of Storms from the past. Because, first of all, we did lose two pieces. Not ideal, but not the main reason. I think the main reason was a little bit of side story towards this, was that we were playing and the I-Cups while the raid came out. And we didn't really take the raid 100% serious, but we also wanted to win. So we took it serious. It's like a half-half thing. But basically, the MDI team was gone. And then after, they were struggling on... Unat, like the last boss of the, the two boss raid, mm-hmm. for like, I don't know, five days or something, or six days, or maybe even longer, I come out of the MDI Cup, and I, I get dragged at like 2 a.m. in TeamSpeak, and I'm like, yo, just wait, uh, like, back then, our main tank tells me, yo, I need to start working again tomorrow, you're tanking from tomorrow morning onwards, yeah? <laughs> and I've never tanked before, but I have only tanked like some farm raids before, by the way, yeah? This was not like a thing that I was a good tank back then, yeah? Right. So I basically get the call midnight. I'm like, yo, you need to tank progress, yeah? And I'm like, I just played the MDI Cup 10 days, yeah? Down, down my life, basically. And now I need to uh, play Brewmaster Monk. By the way, side note, on the first boss, I was playing Shadow Priest, yeah? It was not like I was ready to play Brewmaster. <laughs> ah, easy <but> transition. <laughs> it's fine. So I went on Brewmaster. And then during the time, then Sko had to leave. And then Jasper had to leave, and I was swapping between the main tank and off tank role on different time slots of the day, depending when they were here or not. Or maybe I was not playing at all. And that was basically my start, how I got into tanking. But also probably the worst raiding experience I had, yeah, because I came out of exhausted MDI into a boss that was so overtuned, and then also all these problems, and then people left for vacation and because people had stuff planned after like two weeks of progress, no one was like expecting this. Oh my god, yeah. Definitely That's least favorite. That is a nightmare. Wow. That's yeah. That's not. That, you know what? That's a great answer. That's the best answer we've ever had. <laughs> that sucks. Hey, congrats on the MDI. You're tanking tomorrow. I, I'm. I have a shadow priest. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're brewmaster now. Good luck. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> All right. Question number. I mean, 10. it was crazy, man. Huh? Yeah, I uh, I don't I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. <laughs> no, we don't oh, have uh, any two boss raids for ten point oh point seven Warcraft. <laughs> I, I mean, no, please. I mean, they're already pushing the schedule to be very um, uh, how do you say, like very nice and tight together. So I think it will. Yeah, hopefully no two boss raid anymore. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, question number ten: If Azeroth was real, where would you call home? Mm, yeah, I actually thought about this question a little bit after I, I read it. And I would have two things. I think it would either be Ardenweald or the Jade Forest. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I I'm a big fan of like the foresty kind of um, view, let's say, I guess, or like c- cinematics. Uh, so I think Jade Forest has a cool vibe to it. Obviously, without the char things, maybe not the best, you know. Yeah. But uh, and then Adewid also has a really cool other flair uh, because I really like blue and just in general like the theme of it. So yeah, I would live in a, like a treehouse. Yeah, yeah either one of those. Those are two gorgeous zones. The music. I, so I just recently started playing. I played vanilla through to the end of Wrath, and then took a ten year hiatus. Came back in in BFA. So I, I missed Mr. Yeah. Pandaria when it was live. So I've just started going back through those zones. And they are gorgeous, gorgeous zones. Yes, for um, sure. I mean, yeah. the, I think all the MOP zones, maybe not the, how's it called? Tong, uh, not Tonglong Steps. The Red Wastes, mm-hmm. not the best, I think, personally. But all, all the other zones, gorgeous. For yeah, sure. and the soundtrack there, the music to that whole, that whole expansion was just phenomenal. They did a really good job with it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the questions. We can circle back to the curse word if you want, but if you if you don't oh, have one, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, technically, it is probably fuck. Yeah, yeah. It is the thing that I uh, say the as like the only thing I don't really like. Of course, there's like, some mean things. Like sometimes a little bit of banter here and there, but yeah. mm-hmm. that's probably the word I use the most, I guess. Cool. <laughs> um, so that covers it. That is the show, Marys. Thank you so so much for doing this. I have had a blast. I mean, thank you very much for inviting me. I had a blast talking to you about all the crazy topics, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a so, lot there. We didn't even touch on the fact that you were the sixth man in a couple of MDIs. <laughs> True, yeah. yeah. And now I'm back playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you're back playing. There's just, you have, for 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 such a short time, you have done so much in the game. It's, it's really impressive. Um, for the listeners at home, if you are listening, please check Mary's out. Uh, you can find him on Twitter where you will get the absolute best cat pics. Uh, he's Miri's That's TV. Fun. And he's also Miri's TV on Twitch. And on YouTube, he's just Miri's. You don't upload to YouTube much, though, do you? Oh, no, no, no. It's basically only the, the race toward first kiss. Nothing right. else, really. Okay. <laughs> but definitely, definitely check him out and cheer him on uh, as they hopefully win uh, their. Is this the sixth MDI? It will be the sixth. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and if you want to reach us, uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at RIF underscore podcast, and we will see you next week.